Welcome to EDLD 8062, Module 9. In this module, we're discussing identity through identity-based centers and heterogeneity in groups. We've employed and thought with intersectionality throughout the course, and this module is no different. We're lucky this week in that we get to hear from two students who took this same class last year. They recently presented at a college-wide diversity and inclusion conference here at UC. They actually started their conference proposal in this very class for their final project. Their project was entitled LGB, but where's the T? An exploration of resources for trans and non-binary UC community members. Couple this podcast with our readings, but especially the reading by Maureen and Nicolazzo. In their work, they grapple, Maureen and Nicolazzo that is, with the tensions of trans inclusion in LGBTQ centers on campuses. Consider their words of this long-standing tension within the umbrella term LGBTQ. And I quote, Spade has referred to the movement for LGBTQ rights, the LGB fake T movement, conveying the way the needs, experiences, and narratives of trans individuals are continually silenced and ignored in favor of those who are cisgender. Other scholars have suggested that transphobia is endemic to the gay rights movement as many gay and lesbian people seek to reenact heteronormative structures, such as marriage, in their relationships. Similarly, there are some who question whether the concerns of lesbian, gay, and bisexual community should even be connected to those of the trans community. End quotes. Now, keep those words in mind and the readings as we start our discussion with Alexa and Matthew. Could you both just introduce yourselves really quickly? Uh, yeah, I'll start. Um, my name is Alexa Justice, uh, pronouns she, her, hers. I'm currently a PhD student in educational studies um, with a focus on policy and higher ed. Um, I am also the administrative coordinator with the Office of Gender Equity and Inclusion here at UC. And my name is Matthew. Um, my pronouns are he, him, his. Um, I'm a recent uh, UC alum. I just graduated from the master's program of higher education administration. Um, so yeah, I'm in the process of applying for jobs. I'm currently at preschool again. So um, that's been my time. Got you. So, so again, thank you all so much for um, agreeing to chat with me. Um, just as an FYI for the students listening, um, both of these students, I had the pleasure of uh, being the instructor for both of these students, so I'm very glad and humbled that they would chat with uh, chat with me again. Um, so thank you all for that. Um, so I guess uh, first first things first, you know, you all were in the program, um, have an interest in higher ed, working in higher ed. You're you're solidly in education. How, what what led you all to this work or to your interest in higher ed? Um. I can kick that off. Cool. Uh, I've always been kind of around higher ed. Um, my mom is a professor and we kind of bounced around from university to university. Um, so I was just around it a lot growing up. Um, after I went through, um, got my bachelor's and 
my master's in history and I just had been around higher ed so long. I'd grown to love it. There's just so many ideas bouncing around and so many interesting people and um, issues that could be tackled that it's just something I wanted to keep up with and really help others um, get as involved as I had been. Cool. Awesome. What, what about you, Matthew? Yeah, so my path kind of started, I started off in education, but um, on the early childhood side, um, given my job right now. Um, but I always knew that I kind of wanted to work with college age students, um, but I wasn't really sure what that was going to look like. Um, so I taught preschool for three years before I started, before I started looking for grad school opportunities. Um, and then once I found this program, I was like, why not try it? Let's see how um, let's see what happens. Um, but once I started the program and once I started, um, my graduate assistantship that I had at the LGBTQ center, um, it all just kind of solidified that this was the work that I wanted to do. I wanted to, um, really connect and work with college age students in, um, kind of this realm of student affairs work. Um, and so it's always been interesting and like everything that I learned in class was easily applied to what I was doing in my job. Um, and so I really like that aspect of everything just connected. Um, and it's really important work that I feel like some people just don't appreciate as much or mm -hmm. that they don't understand. And so um, that's kind of what has drawn me to the field. Awesome. Th thank you all for that. Um, so I guess sw switching gears just a little bit, um, you all just um, was last week, week before last did a presentation for the DNI conference here at UC. Um, I shared the email to my students. Hopefully some made it not. We'll, we'll, we'll forgive you. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I guess uh, would you all tell us a little bit um, about that project? Uh, how did you get like what was the project? Number one, that, I mean, what was that uh, presentation? Um, and then I'll. And what 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 led you to be uh, to to do that work? Then I'll just kind of ask a few questions about that. Do you want to? Um, sure, I can kick it off. Um, so we actually started this as a project for uh, Dr. Vakunda's course um, last fall semester. Um, Matt and I just kind of started kicking around the idea of putting together a. Um, a conference presentation, which obviously we couldn't complete in that semester, but we could kind of have all of our ducks in the row in a row um, for when the opportunity became available. Um, both of us kind of had an interest in, um, I think, just generally sexuality and gender. Mm -hmm. um, so we just talked a little bit about what topics um, we could talk about there, um, and we ended up landing on. Um, Trans and non-binary uh, student experiences. Yeah. Um, and Matt, do you have anything to add? Yeah. So it just it worked out perfectly because we were both interested in the topic. Mm -hmm. um, with Alexa working in the Office of Gender and Equity, um, and then I working in the LGBTQ Center, we just saw, saw a lot of um, kind of concerns and topics that weren't being addressed. Um, really at UC and so we thought that um, it would be a good topic to look at and we thought it was important that people should know more about um, the trans community and how we can better provide resources for trans students that come onto campus. Yeah. Um, 
And so with both of our jobs, kind of the research we had already been looking at, we thought it would be a good idea to kind of pull it all together. Awesome. So, so, so again, I, I do want to uh, emphasize or, you know, um, emphasize the fact that, hey, y'all started this in my class. I'm super happy. Uh, it's, you, you know, uh, one, one of the things I try to impress upon students is like, you know, I want this to be useful for you. Um, and I'm so glad you all were able to uh, use my class. And I say that I want you all to be able to use these things um, for your benefit, but also for, you know, higher education's benefit. So I'm super happy to hear that y'all were able to uh, present this topic. So what was what was the title of that work again? Because I, I, I love the title. Would you, would you mind just uh, sharing that? Yeah, um, LGB, but where is the T? Love it, um, love it. An exploration of resources for trans and non-binary community members at UC. So a little bit gotcha. long at the end there, but. Yeah, no, I mean, that's how, <laughs> after the uh, after the colon and all, everything falls down, that's it, right? That's fine. Uh, <laughs> so LGB, but where's the T? So um, what did you all, what did you all do for that? Uh, did you all interview people or were you just like kind of looking for other resources or scouring what, um, you know, like the, what, what UC is doing already? How, how did you all actually go about uh, this presentation or this project? Yeah, so we wanted to kind of just bring awareness to the campus about just kind of like the issues that we mm -hmm. saw um, just around campus regarding what um, trans students face. Yeah. Um, so, Part of it was just looking at the different resources and the different um, kind of supports that are yeah. offered through campus. Um, so we looked at that. We looked at what the LGBTQ Center gave. Um, we looked at the support groups that office offered. Um, we looked a little into housing, and we yeah. so both Alexa and I also like we don't identify as trans, and so we wanted to make sure that. Within our presentation, we also were including voices um, that were from trans, uh, from the trans narrative, and so mm -hmm. um, we just kind of looked all over of what could we bring into this presentation to really um, showcase what kind of issues that we're seeing and how can yeah. we improve these issues on campus. Gotcha. Um, so that was part of it. Yeah, so as Matt said, just a very large part was um, finding the resources and mm -hmm. they are scattered everywhere. Um, and actually through this presentation, we ended up um, kind of consolidating a list and there's now a uh, webpage um, through the Office of Gender Equity and Inclusion that kind of showcases all of those resources. Oh, awesome, well, is that kind of like from you all's work or? Yeah. That's great, that's awesome. Yeah, so, um, just kind of from what we'd found and um, what we put together for the presentation, um, it's the I think the, um, the web page is titled uh, gender, "Gender Identity Resources." Okay. Um, and it just you know there's information there about how to go about changing your name in the system, changing mm -hmm. your pronouns, where's accessible or where's um gender neutral bathrooms, how to request them. Um, yeah. All that's on there. Consolidated in one space, right? Yes. So that's no longer, that's useful. Yeah, no longer. Yeah. People have to bounce around all over the website. That's great. I mean, and, and, and you know, it, it seems like a it seems like a small thing, but you know, if you're looking, if if you're forced to look around like that, that's a that's another impediment, right? 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's awesome. I'm glad y'all could uh, do that work and consolidate, you know, all those resources. So, um, you, you know, I have to ask, right? Like, like based on what you all um, have found, um, and based on what you all found and in, in, in your experiences with with UC and the LGBTQ Center, um, how was how UC doing, um, you know, uh, as far as meeting the needs of uh, trans students? Um, I can start. Um, I think UC is actually doing pretty well comparatively, but there is always a significant margin of room for improvement. Totally. Um, So for one thing, just in my own line of work, um, Title IX in the federal government doesn't cover uh, gender anymore, but UC has made it explicit in, you know, um, state and its statement of non-discrimination that um, gender and gender um, identity um, are both covered um, mm. at UC. So those are protected identities at the university, if not federally. Yeah. Um, and that's a pretty big difference. Um, and because of that, you know, if say, for example, somebody refuses consistently to use someone's pronouns, mm-hmm. misgender them, um, things like that, there's um, methods to have that addressed. It's not just something that, you know, it is what it is. There's yeah, just no, ways yeah. Of addressing it. Um, and that's at least from, you know, the standpoint of my office, that's where we come in. Yeah. Um, Matt, what do you think? Um, I also would agree that comparatively um, to other universities, um, UC does pretty well. Um, yeah. Not every university has an LGBTQ center. Um, and even with that, like, I'm not sure how they look with um, trans support groups. Mm-hmm. Um, what UC does offer one. That's um, great. And so um, I think you, I think UC as a whole does well to provide resources. Yeah. Um, there's still a lot of improvement that can be done. Mm-hmm. Um, I know within the past few years, UC has been working um, kind of very closely with housing as well to make, really help improve um, that aspect for trans students and non-binary yeah. students. Um, and so I definitely think that there are a lot of positives. And I know um, with with bathrooms as well, there's a lot of um, gender inclusive bathrooms around campus yeah. um, as well, so. All right, thank you. And actually, I have one more thing to add. To yeah, that. yeah, please, please. Just an area for an improvement. Um, so I feel like a lot of the changes, and this is good because the students make up a large portion of our of our you know community, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the changes have been geared. I feel towards students. Yeah. Um, so at least my personal interest is seeing that expand more for um, faculty and staff in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the systems like Catalyst, um, those changes are geared to helping students um, change their name, change their pronouns, things like yeah. that. Um, but frequently in things like faculty one stop, you'll still see um, faculties who have changed their or would like to change their name, um, they're, they're still being misnamed and things like mm. that. So there's definitely a lot of strides that need to be made for faculty and staff in particular. Totally. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, you know, in our, in our department, right, and, and, and leadership and policy studies. Um, it, it's, it's interesting how little, sad, how little I think faculty 
need to know about gender, <laughs> you know, how, how, I mean, just, just as one identity, right. Or, um, about, uh, about race, diversity, equity, inclusion at largely, uh, you, you can be faculty here and not, um, be responsive to students. Right. Um, so I think one thing that, you know, like was a air growth for me, you know, is just like, Hey, like just something as simple as like, no, 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 it's not a preferred gender pronoun. This is your gender pronoun. Right. Um, so that's the one, you know, very, you know, I, I admittedly small change in my practice, right. That I think can, um, help foster more inclusive, uh, environment in my class. And just when, when I'm speaking, right. Um, another thing is, you know, I, I'm now with a mind where, you know, if we're having a meeting just as a, as a group, and we're trying to tell folks about our program, you know, uh, one of the things that I'm saying, like, yo, we, we are clear about our gender pronouns. Like, this is, this is what we do. We're not going to, it's not up for debate here, you know? Um, but it's interesting, like, that's just, that's just me, Dr. Smith, Dr. Farley, all being on the same page, right? There is no, there's no training for that. And there, there's no actual incentive to being uh, responsive, you know. Um, see, I just wanted to, you just got me, got me thinking about that. So thanks. And also, I mean, I, I think about what, what you just said, Matthew, as well. It's about like, you know, it, and, and you too, Alexis, just, okay, compared to other universities, UC is doing well, right? But if the bar is on the floor, uh, for other universities, what does that really mean, right? Like, like Matthew mentioned, like, well, at least we have a center, right? Um, I feel, I, mean, I think the same can be said of other identities too, right? Other marginalized identities. But I, I guess with it, it, in that, you know, in that spirit, what's one or two things um, to put you all on the spot? What's one or two things? And, and Alexi, you already kind of mentioned this, but like, what, what's one or two things you think UC could do to make it even more? responsive uh campus for uh trans students mm -hmm. um what can make you see more accessible for trans students mm -hmm. um i would say first and foremost um housing i think is a yeah. big area of anxiety um the only gender neutral housing currently on campus is the audrey lord house mm -hmm. um so at least for the other forms of housing on campus um you are allowed to be housed according to your your uh, gender. Mm -hmm. However, you may need to out yourself in order to um, ex to take that housing. Gotcha. Um, so I would love to see a lot more, like just even if it's just a couple floors in major dorms, but some gender neutral housing. Pop mm -hmm. up. That's I'd like to see that. Um, same with bathrooms. I know that UC won't penalize anybody for using a perceived, you know, wrong bathroom. Um, and nor should they, but there's still um, a lot more to be done with gender neutral restrooms. Mm -hmm. um, there's lists. Some of those lists haven't been updated in a long time. Mm -hmm. um, I know you see um, the um, architects, they add new gender neutral bathrooms into every new building they construct. Okay. We have a lot of old buildings. Exactly. Um, yeah. So just seeing what changes can be made in those spaces too. Awesome. Thank you. Um, to add to all of this, um, you alluded to um, kind of the lack of training um, mm -hmm. that is not is like not being done during yeah. or for like faculty and staff. So like, I definitely think that there needs to be a more not structured but more 
more trainings for like yeah. different departments because um, there is training um there's a few trainings available but not mm-hmm. everyone is required to go to the training and not everyone chooses to go to the trainings or yeah. it's just not structured in the sense of how can we improve your program or how mm-hmm. can we improve your department it's more of like here's some knowledge here's some um, takeaways that we want you to take take it and see where what you can do with it i yeah. think there needs to be more of of trainings on how how to improve departments and then what is that going to look like and how mm-hmm. is that conversation how is that conversation going to be held and or done yeah and i think that's something that is super important to um, consider in with everything definitely I mean, what, what, what structures are in place yeah for that uh development right that, that faculty or staff development and having that at the ready and yeah, it's in, I think just incentivizing folks to to learn, right? Um, but yeah, that, that, thank you all for that. Um, so th- my, my students will be reading a piece. Um, you all probably read it. Um, it's by uh, Susan Marine and Z. Nicolazzo. Um, it's called Names That Matter. Um, see you all nodding. Exploring the tensions of campus LGBTQ centers and trans inclusion. Um, was, that, was that a helpful piece for you all's work? Is that why you're nodding? or? Almost definitely. We actually incorporated uh, that as a case study into our presentation. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's a great piece. Um, and I know uh, Z Nicolazzo, she has a, a book out, I think, called Trans in College. So uh, for folks who are interested, definitely uh, follow her work. She's at the University of Arizona. Um, was at um, Miami University um, prior, I believe. Yeah. But in this piece, the piece is, I mean, great for a number of reasons, but they talk about tensions, right? They're, they're talking about the tensions within, and they, they and they don't profess to have like a like a neat answer to a lot of these things. Um, one of the things that they talk about is the LG, LGBTQ identity, right? And the fact that these centers are supposed to be responsive to all of these groups, right? Um, one thing that I found interesting, because I'm always interested in like heterogeneity within groups, right? Um, one thing that I found it interesting was the idea that like some folks um, are suggesting like, hey, there is no cohesion between uh, like you know uh, folks who are tra- who are trans and like uh, folks who are like gay and lesbian, right? Um, and that's not not to say it's an either or, but it, 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 it seems they seem to be suggesting there seems to be a camp of folks who are saying like, hey, like we're just too diverse, right? Um, there's other folks who are like, you know, it lets, um, you know, it's important for all of us to come together because um, transphobia is like inherent in the LGBTQ struggle, right? Um, wh- what do you all think about that? Like, I guess just the um, importance or lack thereof of uh, like uh, LGBTQ and like, you know, thinking about trans non-binary folks in particular being included in, um, in that group. really good question i'm just i'm just taking (laughs) (laughs) no worries no worries i mean i would say that uh it's a really important to respect somebody's individual identity and just looking at the trans community uh there's a lot of cleavages and um 
I'm sure the word intersectionality has come up in your class. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's being trans is just one aspect aspect of somebody's identity, just like their sexuality. Mm -hmm. um, so even within the trans community, there's a lot of divides. Um, that being said, I think that there is um, some similarities, especially in the um, shared struggle um, and the history. Yeah. Um, like if you look at, um, I am forgetting her last name, but I know her name is Marsha. Um, but she threw the first brick um, during the Stonewall riots. And yeah. she's a trans woman. But frequently you think of Stonewall in terms of um, you know, gay and lesbian rights. Um, so there's definitely a shared history and a shared fight there. Um, but it's really important to identify those intersections and see each person holistically. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, and hear each person's story. So, and that part... Uh, somebody who's trans may not identify as gay or lesbian. Mm -hmm. They can be, you know, heterosexual. Yeah. Um, and that's just part of their identity. So I would say it's totally at the individual level. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm curious as to what Matt has to say about this. <laughs> no, I definitely would agree with that. I think, I think part of the struggle is kind of um, within history, everything has been grouped under like just an umbrella of just <laughs> here's the lgbtq um plus identities yeah. um but obviously every like alexa said it's very individualized and everyone <laughs> has their own different path um and there's um i think there's cohesion in with kind of what you go through yeah. but also it, it it's not always the same as someone else and so um i definitely see the struggles um within the community mm -hmm. uh, just kind of like seeing who supports who and when it comes down to it like what is actually being um supported yeah. um and yeah, it's it's definitely a hard question, and I definitely think it still needs to be looked at. Mm -hmm. um, I still I feel like that's has always been a thing, but no one has really looked into it. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, or the conversation is just starting to come up more and more, um, given the times and yeah. given, um, given that the trans community is still a hugely targeted group. Mm -hmm. um, I, th I think there's a little bit of a fear um, that if you show support, then you'll become a target. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just, that's mm -hmm. a potential thought of mine. Um, yeah. But not not saying that like, that's my fear. That's, uh, that's what I'm, I'm trying, sorry. I'm saying that like, that's something that I think is what people think when they I hear you. talk about the community and, um, but yeah. Cool. I think that's a really good point. Um, just kind of the fear of speaking up about this topic, just because mm -hmm. it can be a pretty, you know, fiery topic and yeah. even correcting someone on pronouns is it, it can sometimes feel like getting ready for a, okay, we're going to have this conversation now. It's good. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, it's, is. yeah, um, definitely. And, and I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, um, uh, just thinking about like uh you know 
trans, 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 right? And just for me, right, and more, I was and still am learning a lot about uh, gender, um, gender, um, and non-binary folks as well, right? But one of the things is like, okay, um, <laughs> I'm teaching this course, right? Like I, I've had access to a lot of uh, these readings, these scholars. I, I'm, you know, taking gender studies courses. And it is difficult, like disengaging with folks who've never thought about, you know, especially cisgender folks who've never thought or about gender ever, you know. So when I started class, and I'm like, all right, so um, we're going to share our pronouns, right? And you know, sometimes there's a there's a one student who's like, uh, I mean, I guess I'm, a, you know, like making light of it, right? And I still haven't. That's I said I need to figure out how I need to, you know, just. I guess couch my classes, right? Couch my introductions about, hey, this is why we, um, yeah, this, this this is helpful for me too. So yeah, that, thank you all. Um, one of the things I also want to talk about, and I'm, I'm glad you all brought up, just like the diversity within these groups, um, and how just because there's diversity doesn't mean that you're, you know, are opposing each other, right? You can have shared struggles as well, um, and just you know other commonalities. And uh, thank you, Lux, for bringing up. Um, Marsha P. Johnson, right? For like like you you mentioned, um, and think about race. And I think you know for the folks who are listening, like as we're talking about um, students, uh, you know, non-binary students in particular, what what race comes to mind? Are you are you defaulting to white, right? Um, and it's important to think about intersectionality um, always, and just how categories and Matthew mentioned just kind of like. Uh, being put under an umbrella, right? I think in general, diversity work at, at its base should push us to um, push past categories while recognizing that they're, that they have structural, um, that they're social, oftentimes social constructions with real, you know, um, impacts and, you know, ramifications on life. It, 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 you know, diversity work, I think, pushes us to, you know, name these aspects of our identity, but not try to narrow someone down or flatten someone to that identity as well, right? And that's hard work um, because it's easy to rely on stereotypes. It's easy to uh, understand someone categorically without thinking that they, you know, that there are more complexities because we're all very complex people. Um, so yeah, that, thank you all for uh, bring, bringing that up. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so I, I guess one, one last question, you know, I, I do want to maybe two, um, <laughs> but, uh, so in that same article, um, the authors mention safe zones um, and even problematize safe zones. And I know for some folks who are listening, they're like, "Hey, what's what's wrong with the what's wrong with the safe zone?" Um, and you know, why would one problematize a safe zone? Um, and and so I, basically, uh, if if you're not sure what a safe zone is, uh, maybe you've been on campus in a time pre you know pre COVID when we could go on campuses. And you walk by, uh, you know, uh, someone's room or office or whatever, and there's, you know, maybe what, uh, like a sticker that says like safe zone, something about being an ally, and maybe some like rainbow insignia, right? Um, and that safe zone kind of badge or sticker or, you know, flyer, what have you is supposed to signify, hey, I'm an ally to um, uh, LGBTQ folks, right? Um, but in this article, you know, the uh, authors kind of not, they don't say this a bad thing, but they kind of push back on it. Um, how do you all feel about like safe zones or, you know, that, that type of thing? 
I will gladly talk on this. Um, so I've had experience um, giving a safe zone training. Mm -hmm. um, and so I definitely see the importance of it. Um, yeah. It definitely gives out a lot of knowledge um, and a lot, it starts to open up the conversation that yeah. uh, people haven't had or um, they're not sure that they um, had this information out. Um, and so from giving it, I understand the importance of like getting the word out there and getting yeah. the knowledge and making sure people understand different terms that come with the LGBT, LGBTQ community um, and understanding like what not to say and or how to say um, things in a certain way. Yeah. Um, however, I do, I have seen that for some, it's just, uh, I'm taking this training, I'm getting the sticker, and then I'm going to put it on my door, and then that's it. Yeah. And so there's not much of, okay, so what comes next? Mm -hmm. So I got the sticker, cool, people think I'm um, a safe space. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you actually are if you aren't continuing your education, if you aren't continuing mm. to be an advocate, or if you um, aren't continuing supporting um, these students. Um, and so that's where I see a lot of the problem where like I have had trainings where um, come just because they're required to or because they yeah. um, are, there's a incentive in their position or something like that. Um, but they're not actually there to actually retain the knowledge or to actually kind of improve on their work. Um, not saying that's everybody, but yeah. I've had a couple like that where it's just, I'm checking off a box mm. or it's the same way with students as well. Like some students will come to um, presentations or trainings and it's just a check mark for a box. Totally. Yeah. Um, and so with that, like I do see um, that there is a need for improvement on uh, like safe zone trainings. Yeah. Um, more so in the fact that I think it needs to be structured in a different way um, to where it's like, okay, here's some knowledge, but how can we actually improve um, your department or how can we improve um, this field? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. How can we include these conversations into what we're working with? Yeah, but bringing it back to the structure, back to the department, you know, depart departmental change, institutional change, not just yeah. at individual um, change. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, there's been a lot of research done just on how, like, specifically with equity and inclusion work, and this is definitely a conversation we have in our division a lot, mm -hmm. just how damaging a one-off training can be. Yeah. Matt, just as you said, people might leave assuming that they know everything. They've taken mm -hmm. the books. Um, but, you know, they may not have understood. They don't do follow-up trainings. Yeah. They don't right. updated. Um, and that can actually be pretty damaging. Um, just the, you know, I checked the box mentality. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been looking into follow-up trainings and particularly, like, you know, maybe once a year having some sort of, you know, regroup let's really reinforce what we've learned before and grow from there um and just digging deep in our area and you, know, yeah. you mentioned you know the next step is being an advocate and i think that that's totally true yeah awesome and yeah just 
you all's words are making me think about more, you know, just so much about you've already mentioned this and just kind of um, tapping onto that. But yeah, like diversity work, it's it's a process, right? It's not a check the box. It's not a destination, right? Um, so if you're if you're taking a training, right, like it, it and that's one of, one of the things also about this course, too. And, you know, other folks I've talked to on this podcast mentioned, like, the work doesn't stop now. Right. It, it, this is the beginning. And I try to let you know this is a surface level understanding of a lot of these topics. It's on you to continue to keep yourself abreast of these topics, you know, um, and issues and aspects of identity. Like it's it's a process, not a destination. And um, also, one of the things that I think um, the authors also brought up is just like, okay, what does it mean? And, you know, obviously they're running, they're not like anti safe zone, right? But they're push us to think about, okay, what does it mean for, this room to be a safe zone, safe space, and other rooms not to be, or the campus not to be, right? Then that's why I appreciate what you said, Matt, about, you know, hey, like, let's make it a a whole, like, institutional thing. Let's interweave this into, um, you know, all of our practices, because it, 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 it does kind of show, like, you know, how uh how far we've come but how much more work we still need to do if there's you know we still need these signs right um yeah so yeah thank y'all for bringing that up i guess uh last question seriously last question um yeah so you know uh you you all took this course um but so you know who's in this class you know we have uh, master students phd students uh folks who are just kind of interested in equity uh diversity and inclusion more largely right um, hire, and folks who want to be or who are higher education professionals, um, what what advice would you give them as far as like uh, you know learning and continuing to learn about uh, diversity work and identity? Um, I'll I, I can jump right in with that one. Cool. Um, so every reading I got in this class, um, pretty much as soon as it was over, I got the book or study that you took the text from and I read the whole thing yeah <laughs> um so like I I you know I got the book faces at the uh, bottom of the well I read yeah. it um and I'm working on a uh, Kendi's book right now but there's just a lot more to it than just the course readings definitely um so I think that they're absolutely well selected um I would just really recommend continuing your reading um and just picking up more, checking the citations, going through those, seeing what they're, what the authors are pulling from, and just yes. as if you can. RT, R retweet all of that. Yes. Just keep reading. Thank you. Yes. Cool. What about you, Matthew? Um, going off of that, I also would say suggest just kind of getting um, more active on campus. Um, and there's so many different offices that um, you are able to go to and check out that um, you can continue these conversations. Um, yeah. And I'm not just supporting my office, my old office or Alexa's office, um, but like where the LGBTQ center is, that whole entire floor, we have the ethnic and program services, we have women helping women, we have the women's mm -hmm. center. Um, that's such a large space that um, you can continue these conversations and you can see when I was in this class, every single time we had, like, every single reading, like, I would see it on campus, and I would yeah. see it in my line of work. Um, so just really connecting it to real life, like, really helped me out. Yeah. Um, 
and so yeah and so just kind of looking at the different policies as well um in your department or wherever you're working or um wherever you're at just kind of it's always good to see like what kind of policies they have for equity and um how they handle diversity um because you know it's not always going to be the same and there's going to be um a lot of different phrasings that yeah. you should consider um and just kind of questioning as well and being like mm -hmm. so what does this mean um and so i think with that like just also just continuing the conversation in that way awesome yeah th th thank you both so much uh thanks for um taking the time to chat with me and i know my students will uh get a lot from this so thank you thank you yeah, thank you for having us <laughs>